When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Record Celtic Podcast. I'm Liam Bryce and today I'm joined by Graham Young and Anthony Haggerty as we discuss all the latest from Parkhead. On the pod today, there's a look back at Sunday's victory over Hearts as Celtic came from behind to win 3-1 at Tynecastle. And then we delve into the fallout between Brendan Rodgers and Craig Levine as they went head-to-head over the Tynecastle turf. There's also a look ahead to the weekend as the curtain comes down on another league season. Can the Hoops sign off with victory against Aberdeen? So, gents, Hearts 1, Celtic 3 at the weekend. What was your take on the game, Graham? Yeah, I thought Celtic were pretty good. Hearts started fast as they normally do at home. They're a completely different side than they're playing at Tynecastle to win their own their travels and they were 1-0 up Celtic managed to weather the storm a couple of half decent chances before Boyata's header the equaliser it's a great header actually it's really really when you've seen it for the, uh, behind the goal it was a great angle and really good to get that in and then Dembele had the chance to hit the bar and then Celtic really turned it on for there in the second half I thought Rogic again it's not always consistent but it's, he's very very dangerous he's one of the most creative dangerous players in Scottish football the belly's finish was excellent and then it was obviously good for Scott Sinclair to come back and get a goal and he'll be important probably the next couple of weeks and he tried to almost miss it on the line but it's a big goal for him and uh, I thought Celtic nearly everyone played well I thought Armstrong added an extra dimension off the bench and Cham was very good interesting from Cham as good as he's been in games against Rangers Easter Road recently both Easter Road games were pretty poor uh, and he struggled, I think, Tynecastle as well in the 4 0 game. So that was uh, his obviously rise in the last few months has been very impressive. And I think that was a good game for him to play well in. Uh, obviously, bodes well for next season and beyond. Tony, a goal from your, your man, Dedrick Boyata. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Cracking header as well, actually, as Graham alluded to. The, the angle from behind the goal shows a, a, it was a superb header, actually. And yeah, I mean, the problem with Boyata is he's capable of that. But he's also capable of switching off at times, you know. But uh, when he's on his game, there, there are a few, few better central defenders in the league, you know. But he's still kind of error prone, I think, you know. And I think if you ask Kansas City Celtic supporters, they'll say he's okay, but there's still a, a question mark and concern over that consistency level, you know. So, what did, you know, obviously, Graham, you touched on that. Hearts again came out of the came out of the traps pretty quickly. So what did Celtic do differently this time to when they get hammered four 0 back in uh, December? Not to take any shine off Hearts victory back in December, but Celtic were running fumes. They really were. They were a tired team. They had more energy, more spark this time around. Guys like Edward who obviously started with him and Dembele. It was quite interesting actually. Dembele quite often went out to the left hand side and in turn also tried to square up with Suter rather than better. And as good as Suter can be at times, he's not as physical. Uh, I thought that was, there was a lot of direct balls. Lustig's very good at that, kind of playing the ball long. I 
thought it was less kind of passing midfield. Sometimes Celtic at home, games and teams are kind of keeping it tight. Celtic can be a bit uh, ponderous in possession. But I thought they were very direct at the weekend and I think it played to their advantage. Showing a bit of versatility then, Celtic, do you think? I think, I think uh, Hearts 4-0 in, in December, you've just got to put your hands up sometimes and say you were beaten by a better team on the day. And that's what happened. And bearing in mind, Hearts came out the traps on Sunday very well and had a, a, what looked like a perfectly good goal disallowed following the corner kick incident. Yeah, that so, was very harsh. You know, so that, that's a harsh decision. And, you know, if, if they get that and then... Kyle Lafferty's goal again would give them a, a two goal lead but I, I still think the way Celtic played they would have been capable of coming back from that deficit on Sunday weren't capable of coming back back in December you know and there is a wee bit of versatility now and you know I I think Brendan Rodgers is using the games before the cup final wisely to give everyone a shot and give them a fair crack and see where he is and where he's shaped come the cup final but I don't Big miss being Edward, who's clearly been ruled out, but I don't see them uh, being different to the two games against Rangers, the teams that started and finished those games, you know. So, but I think it's fair to to give everyone a wee test, you know, or, or some minutes on the pitch to, to see if someone does stick a late claim, you know. But there's certainly a versatility there in the team, and they, I've always found that they could adapt to changing circumstances. The four 0 game, they couldn't, but they, they did and have been doing so in various parts of this season. Probably the big talking point from the game, we'll get into everything that's come from that a bit later on, was, and it came fairly early on, was Stephen A. Smith catching Scott Brown. And it's not the first time it's happened to, to no. Bruni this season, no. so obviously the Bobby Madden didn't clock it at the time. Um, but should he have should he have went for that? If Bobby Madden agreement? clocks that, it's a red card all day long. You know, it's, it seems similar to the Andrew Davis challenge, didn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, with the kind of stamp in the in the other regions, so to speak. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, the the more you see it on TV, the the worse it looks. And then the one with Forrest as well. When I saw that in real time, I didn't think there was much in it. And then I saw it again various times, and it, it's a real bad one. And uh, I think. I think Nasus has handed a, a two-game ban, hasn't he? Yeah. He's been offered a two-game mm-hmm. ban, uh, but he'll probably not not serve it, will he? Because yeah, well, Craig, have said they'll appeal it. And yeah, Craig Levine noise, was pretty adamant that anything, anything that Chuck basically was Chuck Naismith's way, the club would appeal it because he said he didn't think there was anything there was anything wrong with it. But I think the the TV replays definitely show you otherwise. You know, it's a shocking tackle, and as you've alluded to, it's not the first time that. Brown has had to deal with this kind of thing and I, I think it's incumbent upon referees to be a bit more vigilant Brown's that kind of figure he winds people up he's going to get some treatment from players but it's now incumbent upon officials to spot that and, and nip it in the bud early and make sure that it doesn't get out of hand Naismith's one of the players who along with Brown probably one of Scotland's better players the last maybe 5-10 years it's a bit of a shame, I know he's had really serious knee injuries, but he is a faded force and tackles like that it doesn't look good in any in any way because it just it looks like he's a bit off the pace and it was just a bit wild, a bit reckless and I think Brown again just thrives in that. It's been four or five challenges. I don't think he celebrated that one as much <laughs> as he did others, but no, uh, no. I think there's a feeling that he he's just absolutely reveling in this and now like this is he's dominating and 
big games and playing well and no one can touch them and to be fair there'll probably be a few more tackles like that because players are frustrated and he's a you know and he's the best player in the country he plays for the best team in the country and he's he's an obvious target and I think he loves that I think that's what he's all about and as a player so. yeah because I mean he's he said he said more than once now that basically I'll I'll take it you know yeah you can come after me you can come after me if you want and it's he's not he's not kind of saying that in a and I was like, and, and I come ahead and style. I come ahead style, but it's more, it's more in the, you know, you can, you can target me. We've got all these other guys who are going to, who could, which is fair enough. Could hurt you. If they target them within the confines of the football law, oh, of course, you I know, am. Andrew Davis and Stephen Smith challenges were not within the no. confines of the football. So this wasn't scope, right? yeah. You know? It's just my point is he doesn't, he's not phased being no, of this. No. It's like he's, he's like, not. this is my arena. This is where I, I thrive. You can come and. And, and most competitive and competitive players are like that. They they bring it on. It, it brings the best out in them. But it has to it has to be legal, you know. Mm-hmm. It, and uh, there is no room for that on a football pitch, regardless no. of who does it. You know, and a lot of people say, "Ah, what goes around comes around." It's it's divine retribution for things that Scott Brown has done in the past mm-hmm. ten but years. That's overrated as well. Uh, he's never been a double well, player. Well, like I don't. He's been obviously like. He loves confidence, like, kind of, he thrives in the kind of confrontation aspect of the football, but he's never been a player to really leave dirty chat. I think that's all. But that's his divisive nature, isn't yeah, it? Exactly. If he's in your team, you, you, you love him. If he's against you, you hate him. Yep. You know, it's, it's, just, it's, it's as black and white as that, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's more, it's kind of, he's, I suppose, when he has that kind of character, that anything that he does do is then amplified it's picked up on it's remembered I mean because he has had his he's had his moments over you know over of the course. years but it's uh-huh. but I'll ask you this if Scott Brown had of, of committed those two challenges on A and others which Andrew Davis and uh, Stephen Naismith performed on him would there be a massive outcry I, I think you think there would be but they're not you know yeah. because he has such a you see such a high profile character within our game so you know, it's uh, he, he's mad enough to take it, and he said he will take it, and he'll, he'll keep taking it. But if people are going to dish it out, then surely it has to be has to be done fairly, hard, yeah, but, exactly. hard but fair. You know. Uh-huh. And the one other wee talking point to come out of the the game itself was Odson Edward. Unfortunate for him, isn't it? He seems to have been really kicking on in these past few weeks, and now we're not sure if he's uh, not sure if he's going to make it for the the no. cup final. Now it's a bit it's a, it's a real shame for him, isn't it? Yeah, I think uh, we, what uh, Brendan said it doesn't sound good at all, and he really has the second half of the season has been brilliant for him. That kind of close control, good finish, the three goals against Rangers obviously makes you an instant hero for Celtic fans. But he's all round plays, hold up plays better, really lively. It's hard to compare. Mister Dembele's been excellent for Celtic, but Edwards definitely, I would say, more fluid in his movement. I think he's been a really, really good acquisition for Celtic this season on loan. Obviously, everyone will hope that when he trudged off at Tynecastle, isn't his last appearance in green and white, and he'll be back next season. And maybe I know there was t- obviously there's talk of maybe a deal in place, and I think it'd be worth every penny whatever they pay for him because he's got real potential. I think he looks very measured, very doesn't look phased by playing for Celtic. He looks like he understands what it's about, seems to enjoy it. I think it'd be an excellent signing. Think he'll be back, Tony? I do actually, because I think Brendan highlights him, yeah. which is why he went and got him in the first place. And I think he's willing to spend six to seven million, whatever it is, PSG want. So I, I do think he'll be back, because I also think he's thinking as well long term that Musa 
Dembele, this could be the summer that Musa goes. And he, he is more or less replacing like for like, but I'll say this about Edouard, I think. Edouard's more ice in his veins. He's more cooler than Dembele in situations. And, he, and he's also a better off-the-ball player with his runs and stuff. And there's some cracking technique with Edouard. You know, uh, time will tell if that's the case. I mean, and I can't fault what Dembele has done so far. But every now and again, I've seen Dembele playing his touches out. It's yeah. it's up there. It's kind of sometimes you, you can't be bothered. Whereas Edouard, if you're judging him on his old firm goals alone, right, which which a lot of players get judged on, f- first one, shimmy, technique, stick into the top corner. These are things you do in training, naturally. He did it naturally at Ibrooks. First goal at Celtic Park, he ran in, ran out, ran in again to, to stick it away. Having the presence of mind to see, to watch where the ball's actually going, not just run in there and then go, oh, I couldn't get it. Ran in, <coughs> ran out again, went back in because he knew the ball was coming. And then the third, eh, his, his third goal, his third goal against the Rangers, just taking the ball, running in, knowing what he's doing, despite there being players in front of him. Close control, arrow in the bottom corner technique to finish you know it's the boy he might be young and he might be raw but the talent's most definitely there which is why I think he'll come back because Brendan really rates him highly yeah I think you can we could all agree he's got he's got a big future ahead of him yeah. wherever he ends up uh, just want to move on now we can we can park the football for a yeah. wee bit and we can talk about the, the amazingly the big issue to come <laughs> out of the weekend the Tynecastle pitch am I allowed to call it pitch we call it the jungle, whatever it was. Oh, it looked fine, uh, <laughs> looked okay. Brendan Rogers uh, saying that the time camps pitch was he was embarrassed by it. He's embarrassed by the length, <laughs> uh, the length, of the, the grass at Tynecastle. He thinks this was a, a deliberate tactic by Hearts to slow Celtic's game down. And Craig Levine pretty much said, "Yeah, it was," but he's also saying we can do what we want. It's our pitch. So where do you? Use, <laughs> you could pick this apart. Where do where do we come in on it's this? Does does Rogers need point. to say that? No, does I, he need I to? think I think I need to be, just. I think you need to say that Brendan Rogers, as great a manager as he is, and as many really positive things he talks about, Scottish football, whatever. Sometimes people can just be wrong, and I think I respect him. Maybe the pitch was a bit dry, it was a bit long, whatever. It's just a game of football, and I know it's okay to talk after a win and make the point. Then it's got a bit more. Uh, wait behind it if you win a game but I just felt it was it was all a bit strange and I think Craig Levine uh, has handled it very well, some good one-liners and I think we all joke now, I think Craig Levine's on, wouldn't say a retirement tour or anything but he's definitely, he's lost at any kind of inhibitions of spe- speaking uh-huh. his mind, he just says it as it he's, is He's reinvented himself in, he a, has, in a way been, He's uh, been the kind of banter merchant uh, of football and, uh, He's got that glint in his eye all the time I'm, now, isn't he? That's not doing nothing wrong with this yeah. rolling the grass and having their pitch whatever way they like it's up to opposition to cope with that you know and Celtic when I thought it was a bit petty from Brennan it's not often you say that but a nitpicking but I, I was saying before we came on here I'm loving Levine Levine's just <laughs> winding everybody up and it's brilliant you know what I mean he's, I don't know if he's Graham said he's on his retirement tour but he generally isn't giving a forex about who he upsets or offends which is great for us because you're going there knowing you're going to get something from Craig Levine. The old Levine w- wouldn't have had an opinion on that or would have had the Arsene Wenger glasses on, didn't see picture, no. didn't see anything r- wrong with things, you know. Now he's he's biting on everything. 
and he's and he's just and he has he's a noise up merchant now you know and as you say rebranded repackaged but uh, long may he continue to be the Hearts manager if that's what he's going to bring to the table because it's entertaining as well you know it might not always be right but hey you know none of us are yep like if you don't get this, you don't get this kind of entertainment anywhere else no, in the world. It's do you? all a bit. Mourinho Guardiola, you know, and you can keep it because it's all a bit boring. Do you know? In the uh, aye, it's all take themselves very you know, seriously. Uh, this is Scottish football. Like when obviously like, last week, obviously Gerard arrives and when Rodgers arrive, the, the eyes are on Scottish football. But it's all these kind of um, threads within it that make it really interesting. Uh, this is just I love laugh, these arguments. Fun. He said, she said, it's brilliant. You know and. And you can say what you like. Scottish football's no never dull. You know, people slag the product, but getting back to the the one man who's always been positive about it since he came in is Brendan Rodgers. He's never done talking up the Scottish game. And you look at the finish we could potentially have. I know it's it's for second place in European spots, but it's it's set up wonderfully. You know, to see who finishes second, third, and fourth, and and. In, in the Premiership, you know, and mm-hmm. and even the, the the relegation battle as well, still, you know, still going on to the final day. So you know, for all its faults, we we do have a product that is worth talking up, and Brendan can see that as well. Yeah, is is he got a point then, Rogers, when he's 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 saying that you know we're trying to create a product here that's attractive for uh, you know other players coming in, like people people looking in from the outside. So is has he got a point with the the pitch in in that sense, or is it? You know, I, I think I, I, could, I think personally, I could I could understand them saying that if Tynecastle if they'd went out with you know with spades and dug it up and uh, turned yeah. it into, a, yeah. but is he is he is he got a point with that at all, or do you think still? I think again, I think it's about the weak side. I think there's a. I can understand obviously you want players to play in good pitches. Pitodri this season's been a bit of a nightmare up till recent weeks, but. Come on, do you know what I mean? It's like, it just, it's just, it wasn't the worst pitch you'll ever see. It might have been a bit dry, it looked a bit potentially long, but you know, Celtic seemed to play okay on it for the most part, and so did Hearts. It was a really good game of football. It was, I think, it's easy it? to get away I, from that. It was I a really, was, really good game. It was game. really good, I, it was excellent. And like Levine, I'd hate to have seen Celtic management team if they had lost. <laughs> that was them having a go when they won 3 1 and played very well. Uh-huh. Both sides playing well in, in, in stages of the game, so you know, it's. You know, I can again. I can see his, you know, his point long term, but he wants better surfaces and stuff. Fine, every football manager wants that, but it's not for Brendan Rodgers to call the state of the the Tyne Castle pitch, you know. And I think that's what Levine was saying. Look, yep. let us worry about about that because I know they're, they're they're bringing in a new pitch, aren't they? Yeah, they're investing a lot of money in it. A lot of money in it, so. You know, it will be better next season. Or will it? Maybe not when Celtic come to Celtic's pitch in recent years hasn't been perfect. And I know they're doing some more steps to update it for next season as well. So, listen, it's not... I think everyone wants to play in good surfaces. But I think when you look at the... You know, I don't want to say first world problems or anything. But it looked fine and it, it made for a good game. So, I think we'll, we'll see it again. I'm sure you Craig Levine will be too happy to give uh, Brendan Rodgers a guided tour of the new pitch to... Make sure it meets with his seal of approval <laughs> once it's laid in the summer, you know. Is uh, that way inclined? Aye, well, definitely a bit of a, a strange one. Um, got a lot of people talking. Uh, so uh, another comment that we can maybe touch on briefly, um, again, got people talking, um, was from across the city, uh, Dave King, uh, briefing the media on Monday. 
uh, and he he said that it will only take one league title from Rangers, uh, and he compared it to like your kind of pack of cards effect, and then basically saying that that one league title for Rangers can be enough to turn the tables. He used the example of when Martin O'Neill came in. Um, but that but was I, interesting to me. That uh, was the biggest <laughs> takeaway from that. Like Martin O'Neill was one of the most coveted managers in English football. He'd worked wonders with Wickham, Leicester, Leicester City. Like they were just a team that flirted about the, the top two divisions. He won two cups, got them two league cups, and also another final. Uh, the top ten finishes. Leeds United in their pomp with a lot of money really wanted them as a manager. This is one of the very best managers in British football at the time and it was a massive um, success for Celtic to get him in the door he had plenty of money signing players like Sutton Lennon uh, Volharen did a very good job his first season as well it's a totally different ball game for Steven Gerrard as big a name as he is he's not in the same level Martin O'Neill is good a better CV than Brendan Rodgers arguably when he arrived in Scotland even though he never had a top four team or came for the title uh-huh. his CV was very very strong so I think that was a strange comparison as much as the the other comments as well but I, I, I don't think I can understand the, the feel good of the change in Scottish football what a big name comes in and things change instantly but Celtic were in a much stronger position guys like Henry Larson on the team Paul Lambert this was real quality Petrov who'd obviously underperformed but became very a really integral player for uh, Anil it's a totally different situation that was a very strange comment it doesn't bear any relevance to the two situations in my opinion Tony there's a phrase that's come in since 2012, obsessed. Either either way, you look at you know, the two clubs are obsessed with each other and, and their dealings and what they do. Now, for a man, I'm talking about King Dave King here specifically, for a man who wants to you know, rebuild Rangers, he did a lot of talking about Celtic the other day. Now, I, I, I would have thought that the first thing when you rebuild your club is to focus on your own club and get your own house in order as they say that's exactly what and, Brendan Rodgers and not worry said, about what's happening on the other side of the city because it's taken Celtic a long long time to get to the point where they're, they're a slick machine constantly evolving and moving forward you know now that's, that's a position that Rangers want to get to so in order to get there then you concentrate on your own club and and, there's, and and it's failings at the moment of, of which there are many but you, you build from the bottom up in your club and to the Rangers supporters King King is the man you know he, he's, the, he's the money man for a start and he's the man who's going to make things happen now they, they, they scored a great kind of PR coup by bringing Gerard, and there was lots of goodwill towards Rangers following last Friday's announcement but some of that was sapped on Monday with what King had to say you know uh, without getting into the ins and outs of, of, of Rangers per se you know and I, and I think a lot of the Rangers fans might have looked at and thought you know, you, you've gave us this and put us in a high and then you've you've kind of whipped the rug or the chair from under our feet here you know and, and, and I think most of them want to know what the Rangers are going to do not what Shel- what might happen to Celtic in the future or you know and I think Brendan's quite right to to point out, look, we'll do what we're doing, you do what you're doing, and we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll meet you somewhere in the middle, because we'll have to play you again next season and the seasons after that. 
but they claim about one title and it will fold like a pack of cars. I, I find that kind of laughable, to be honest, you know. Uh, but, listen, he stated it, and you live and you die by these statements, you know, so it's one that I think might, again, come back to haunt him moving forward, you know. But uh, as for Celtic and Brendan Rodgers, I don't think they're paying too much attention to it, and, and, and nor at this moment in time should they. Yeah, because we maybe criticised Rogers for his comments at the at the weekend on the pitch, but he was kind of he handled that one perfectly, perfectly when he was asked about it, yeah, didn't 100%. he? Yeah, hundred percent. Just uh, and I think that comes with confidence of knowing how good your team is, knowing that the structure of Celtic. You need to remember as well, the first season trying to get into the Champions League, Bershava that could have turned into a disaster. Away they made it in, qualified a standard, a bit a few shaky moments as well, despite the obviously brilliant first. This isn't easy to do to get in the Champions League. For Celtic, the idea that Celtic are absolutely... They obviously desperately want to be in the Champions League, but they're not defined by it either. I think maybe one year, say if you take it over a five-year period, there, there probably will be one year Celtic might face a team with big back and, uh, and it ends up being Europa League football. And I think that was it's evident that there's a plan in place for that. They had that for a couple of years under Ronnie Dial, obviously, as well. Um, and bearing in mind it's getting harder to qualify it's really so that makes it harder for clubs like Celtic and Rangers if and when they get yeah, back to that, that, that stage Rangers in a totally different position because of the uh, coefficient obviously further right down you know, it's got to be a real challenge for them if and when so Celtic can only worry about Celtic winning leagues in their position I think Brendan Rodgers and I think it was a natural answer as well it wasn't it just is how just things this are. Is just this how is, 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 is one yeah. leagues. They go into Europe. They ideally want to be in the Champions League. If not, they'll be in the Europa League. It's not a. It's not some kind of a far-flung fantasy that Rodgers was talking just stating facts. And I think he dealt with it perfectly. He did. And another situation that the managers had to deal with over the the past few months, uh, and we we talked about this on the, the pod last week. We were kind of wondering what is going to happen with. Charlie Masonda, uh, and since then, obviously now he's Rogers confirmed that he's been sent back to Chelsea uh, for treatment on an injury. Uh-huh. Uh, so obviously th- the same thing happened with Patrick Roberts, yeah. um, but there was never any real mm-hmm. doubt, unless you know Roberts didn't recover. There was never any real doubt that he was going to come back. But it's it seems to be very different this time. It seems to be a different yeah. feeling. My answer to all these questions when these kind of situations arise is the manager sees these players every day in training. Now Charlie has come up and he was he came up with a bit of a fanfare. Lots of trumpets were blasted and this guy's one for the future, right? And he, he would do a similar job to Paddy Roberts. But the the home game against Senate apart. He hasn't really, uh, you know, set the heather alight, you know. The the, the reasons as to why that's been the case, no, nobody really knows. But if, if he was turning it on and training and, and doing his bit for the team uh, whilst he wasn't playing, which Gordon Strachan always referred to as being a good teammate, right? That phrase, a good teammate. If, if he was bursting his hump in training and doing everything he could to say to the manager give me a start, I won't let you down, then Brendan Rodgers would have done that long before now. Now, and I don't think Brendan Rodgers takes too kindly to Chelsea saying, you need to play this guy. Because as I say, he will have watched him. 
He will have watched his attitude, he'll have watched, he'll have observed him closely since he came to the club. And if you're not performing to the high standard, which I believe Rogers expects in training, I think Marvin Compare's an example of that as well. Yeah. Uh, it's been rumoured that he's not he's fallen below the standard that is required, which is why he would not he's not featured. Then I can only assume that the same has happened with Masonda. <coughs> nobody's doubting his talent. Nobody's nobody's doubt, questioning that. But what but about his the talent? manager's questioning something, uh-huh. which is why he sent him back down, and then there's question mark of whether he'll come back or not. Mm-hmm. You know. But I think the talent might be. He's 21 years old. Do you know what I mean? He's better if he did okay by all accounts. Wasn't set the world alight. Chelsea, obviously, I think the great fanfare as well. He produced this unbelievable assist. I think it was against Brighton. It was halfway line of pivots. I think it was maybe Moses that scored four 0 and he came on the second half. Mm-hmm. Looked brilliant. And you're thinking that's a player that's playing for Chelsea right now. He's going to Celtic. He's ready to go. But like anything, do you know, in a lot of these Chelsea's a very <laughs> unique club. They buy a lot of young players. They're fanned out to different teams. Obviously, got certain links with certain clubs. There's no guarantees now. Yeah. I don't d- doubt you would be able to. Masonda would win a keep up competition or certain things if he's got plenty of skills. But to actually turn that into a player, there's no tangible evidence over a long period of time that Masonda has the ability. And I know he's small, very slight. I don't think he looks like physically Scottish football is the perfect match for him. Uh, but Patrick Roberts did a very good job of getting stronger and getting better under Rodgers the first full season after impressing under Dyler. I'm not saying he's not talented, I'm not saying he won't go on to have a decent career, but it's not set in stone that this is some world talent that Celtic, you know, and he's obviously had a lot of kind of fanfare over the years, mm-hmm. but ending now he's 21, you know, and he, he, the time is now, and if he's not playing, then there's no guarantee. Yeah. I don't think I would be surprised if Celtic, if he doesn't come back to Celtic, that he'll end up becoming a real star because this is when he should be showing it. Uh-huh. No player has a divine right to command a first team place at Celtic. No. At this moment in time. No, no player. No, the, the manager will decide that. And that's his best quality, you know? Rogers. Do you know what I mean? uh-huh. it's you like know. People play who. Scott Sinclair, it'd be very easy to play Scott Sinclair because he's. The best players play for Celtic, and that's a real quality. Like. He did the same with Gerard at exactly. Chelsea. Liverpool, sorry. I know Gerard won't thank you for that. <laughs> sorry, Stephen, if, you, yeah. <laughs> if you're skiving around the record Celtic podcast, I do apologise. I know you nearly signed for Chelsea. Uh, but I think I, I think Rogers definitely plays his best players always play. But it's an intriguing one, isn't it? And it'll be interesting to see exactly what happens. Uh-huh. To I see think if yeah. Musonda can come back, knuckle down and, and be the player that everybody expects him to be and do what Patrick Roberts did. You know? Mm-hmm. So speaking of Patrick Roberts, we've got the last game of the season coming up. Well, last game of the league season come up at the weekend, uh against Aberdeen. Is this Roberts, maybe a wee chance for him to get into the side yeah, for the cup final. Yeah, I think he's been it's, it's been a few weeks now he's been back and it's it's been all fleeting appearances. Uh, Roberts is obviously over the, the loan periods, the two separate loans has showed plenty of ability. It's been a really tough season for him, like that injury against Motherwell at the end of November, start of December, really obviously had a serious injury and it's obviously held him back and I think after he was so good at the end of last season. I think everyone felt that he, he knew the club, he understood what it was all about, and this was going to be his season. Yeah, that exactly. Yeah. That was it. It was just perfectly made for Roberts to take it to another level, and it's obviously not been the case. Tell you what, it turned out to be though. It turned out to be the making of James Forrest. Yeah, because mm-hmm. James Forrest clearly saw the writing on the wall. Mm-hmm. 
when Patrick Roberts ended like the way Patrick Roberts ended last season yep. and decided I need to up my game mm-hmm. or I could be out the door here. Yeah. You know, and James Forrest responded to that challenge of Roberts coming back. Granted he was very unfortunate with his injuries. Uh, but if you're asking the Celtic supporters now who who's an automatic starter, they probably as she was Forrest just now. But there's still an element of this Celtic supporters that love Patrick yeah. Roberts. Yeah. There's a magic the there. Ca- there is a magic there. And the cameos that he's yeah. played recently are just uh, there've been a small hint of hopefully for Celtic supporters more to come whether he comes back and sings a yeah. permanent deal or not, you know. Uh, but I think a lot of them would love to see that. because yeah, well as it stands, I mean, assuming he's James Forrest is going to start in the cup final, mm. which we seems quite reasonable to assume yeah. at this stage, then it could be Roberts's last appearance for yeah, Celtic yeah, of course it could. against Aberdeen at the weekend. Yeah, um, and I think it's just it's been I think Tony alluded on there's a real connection between Roberts and Celtic. I think over the years, even like a winger like Aidan McGeady, obviously highly rated, there was never and I know people might be surprised, but at the time there really wasn't. I think it would frustrate more Roberts. Sometimes someone just fits a club, and yeah. wingers are pre- unpredictable by nature. Some, you know, you see it all across Scottish football, British football. Uh, but when Roberts is on form, he's not the quickest, but he can drink inside. He's got a brilliant pass where you've seen it on numerous occasions where he cuts inside on the right wing, left footed like kind of slide rail pass, and you just get something about him. He's just obviously a quality, but it has been tough. And I think now it's about fitness and trying to kind of build himself back up. But he could have a big part in the last couple of games. Of History shows you that nobody loves a winger more than Celtic. You know, down through the years, mm-hmm. you know, you, you can pick them all out. You know, and and Roberts is not no exception to that rule when you have talented players that can beat a man excite the crowd they become favourites instantly you know and and I think a lot will depend on whether Roberts wants this deal done as well you know and I don't think he'll find happiness the way he has at Celtic with anyone else at this moment in time you know Celtic have helped rehabilitate him this season given his his injuries and, and I'll maybe want to come back and show a wee bit of faith in that whether or not Celtic want to fork out the money but again I, I don't think Manchester City will be too difficult to deal with because I, I think they'll probably think well you know he's not going to cut it here uh-huh. and maybe offer Celtic a cut price deal you know to, to take him off their hands offload them you know mm-hmm. uh, and I wouldn't be surprised to see Patrick Roberts back so the question is is it the end for Roberts I think still, it's still a big question mark and mm-hmm. For me, it, it, it would probably be a no. You know, I, I think he'll, he'll return. Because I think the player will want to, first and foremost. Uh-huh. I'm not sure. I don't think. No. I think he's probably had his fill. I, th- I think he's been obviously very good for Celtic. A lot of qualities, but I think now probably is the time. And I think Celtic are prioritising signings. If Edward's going to cost a bit of money, I don't think they'll be willing to probably pay a big fee for Robertson. And Tony obviously touched upon. It might not be as big a fee as it would have been a year ago, uh-huh. but I think because his stock's not as high. No. Remember, I know. I you think know, so which is which yeah. might be the attraction to get him yeah. a cut price deal. Yeah, you know, possibly. We will see. We'll see. Uh, well, just to finish off, um, we could have a wee bit of fun with this on the obviously the game at the weekend is a it's you know there's not really anything riding on it for Celtic other than they want to sign off with a win. Um, last home game of the season um, but it's got the result will have an impact on who's going to finish second in the league so Aberdeen currently 
pole position, but we've got Rangers and um, Hibs chasing. Uh, Rangers and Hibs will meet at the same time on Sunday. Uh, so on the, the daily record, the world famous daily record hotline, we've got a few suggestions that, a few conspiracy theories that Celtic are going to lie down to Aberdeen to allow them to secure second spot at the expense of Rangers. <laughs> What's there's two, it's just not happening. No. Because if Celtic lose to Aberdeen, then, and say Rangers do, obviously, they could finish fourth, have to beat them. Then Celtic know in the f- cup final if they if they beat Motherwell or sorry if they lose to Motherwell, then Rangers could obviously bet. That's just a bad Celtic. Again, we touched upon the Brendan Rodgers Dave King comment. Celtic take care of Celtic. They haven't lost a home game in so long domestically, it's, and that could be a re- another record they could go for over the next couple of years. They could keep it home record. It. Exactly. Yeah. It's, there's no way that Celtic Celtic wanted, and there's not the same. I'm not saying desire, but there's not the same pressure as last year. They played Hearts in the final day of the season, flag day. They was they were also going still on the quest for an undefeated season mm-hmm. in the Premiership and obviously the Invincible in the treble. Cup, yeah. Uh, so there's not obviously they've lost three games domestically this season, but they want like Brendan Rodgers got a perfect re- record against Derek McInnes. He'll want to keep that going. This is this is what he'll be judged upon over the years. How did you do against the best teams in the round? You team that finished second potentially. Uh, there's Celtic will play it might be a different style there might be you might see Griffiths up front you might see a, without a striker keeping Dembele and Cottonwell for the final but yeah, Celtic will want to win that's the what I'm thinking are there going to be some yeah. changes yeah no. there probably will be there probably will be but that doesn't necessarily sometimes Celtic are their best when other players can come in it's still and the, the Celtic almost click into gear like the last few weeks have just turned since the Scottish Cup semi-final Celtic just produced performances of the calibre a season ago, which wasn't always the case. They're, they play at a tempo, there's a pace about them. Obviously, there's a few tough months in the winter, and probably managing the squad. It's been non stop for two years, but right now, Celtic are in a clear path to secure a double treble against Motherwell. Uh, and Aberdeen game will play a vital role in that, so I don't think there'll be the, any. The conspiracy theorists are out in force, but it <laughs> would be the ultimate mother of all horrendous seasons for Rangers if the fates conspired to make them cheer on Celtic to a domestic double treble in order to get into Europe, which would mean Hibs would need to keep it alive by getting a point against Hearts, or at least a point, and then beating Rangers in the final day of the season. Mm-hmm. There's all sorts of twists and turns, but the one thing that Celtic manager always alludes to is complacency. It's his big bugbear, it's his biggest fear. Teams who are going for double trebles and want to win... Uh, the, the cup final, they won't be complacent. They'll be professional. Yeah, agreed, Liam. That they'll maybe be tweaks here and there to the to the team, but it won't stop them from doing the job. And that that would be going out to win, to get the trophy, don't they? Mm-hmm. Title party yep. and all that kind of stuff. They won't want to go into the motherwell game on the back of any kind of defeat. So I think Celtic yeah. will be as ruthless as they have been with Aberdeen since Brendan Rodgers took the job and we'll, we'll go all out and flat out to, to win the game yeah because I mean these days when you're getting the trophy these days are kind of for these are for the fans these yeah. games and I think there's, there's kind of so. not really many teams who understand that better than yeah. better yeah. than Celtic so he's can I get a prediction from the, the pair of you for the weekend yeah I'll go for a Celtic 4 Aberdeen 2 4-2 I'll say 3-0 3-0 Celtic yeah 
There we go. No tinfoil hats on the Daily Record <laughs> Celtic podcast. Bold uh, and fearless verdict. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's all from us this week. Uh, we'll be back again next week. If you want to continue the debate, you can. You can get me on Twitter at Liam Bryce underscore. Graham, where can we find you? Uh, Graham underscore Young uh, 27. Tony? At A Haggerty DR. There you have it. Okay, you can subscribe at iTunes and Acast, and we'll see you again next week. <laughs>